My name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings and take notes, and then I share them with you. We are back to regular City Council business with notes from the council meeting on June 29th, 2022. First up, the mayor's report. Mayor Turner was absent today, so Mayor Pro Tem Dave Martin filled in. Freedom Over Texas, Houston's 4th of July celebration, is Monday, July 4th from 4 to 10 p.m. at Eleanor Tinsley and Sam Houston Parks. There are no crowd restrictions. Visit freedomovertexas.org for more information. The Houston Health Department is offering free COVID-19 vaccines for people age 5 and up. At the meeting, Martin said age 6, but the website says age 5, so we're going with that. Martin welcomed Hector Herrera to the Houston Dynamo and said he is the biggest international signing ever. Councilmembers Castex Tatum and Cisneros are absent today because they are on a trade mission to France with the Greater Houston Partnership. There were two high-profile city resignations this week. Finance Director Tantri Emo is leaving to join the nonprofit sector, and Chief Procurement Officer Jerry Adams is retiring. Best wishes to both on their next steps, and best wishes to the interim directors who will fill their roles. Now we can move on to some agenda items. Agenda item 11 is a little confusing. It seems that there is an alleyway in District H that is technically private property, but has evolved over the years to become a right-of-way for 10 homes. The owner of the alley wants to assert their property rights and use it for something else. Council members Gallegos and Robinson tagged this so they can coordinate with Houston Public Works to make sure those 10 homes can still get solid waste service if the alley is converted to another use. So it will be back next week. Agenda item 15 approved a $9.9 million loan to partially finance new construction of Lockwood South, an 80-unit affordable rental housing community in District H. Agenda item 16 approved an $11.9 million loan for the land acquisition and new development costs for Connect South, a 77-unit affordable rental development for families in District J. Agenda item 23 approved a $500,000 grant to Texas Southern University for services addressing COVID-19 health disparities among high-risk populations. The scope of work requires TSU to encourage vaccine intake through widely used social media platforms. TSU will develop and implement a training program for community health workers to promote COVID-19 related activities, panel discussions, community engagement events, and networking meetings. Agenda item 24 approved a three-year, $2.3 million contract for citywide pool maintenance. More money for pools, please. We cannot spend enough, in my opinion. Agenda item 25 approved a three-year, $7.1 million contract for homeless encampment cleanup using ARPA money. Councilmember Peck supported this item but advocated pursuing funding from TxDOT since many of the encampments are under freeway overpasses which are technically owned by TxDOT. Councilmember Thomas supported as well and said many residents ask for this service. Agenda item 32 is about as drama as we get today. It approved spending $80,000 on training for Houston Public Works. I'm confused what the training is for, but it seems to have something to do with making sure employees feel safe and empowered to provide criticism and feedback to the department. Peck opposed because Public Works was not clear about how many employees will participate and thinks we should have hired a Houston company rather than a Los Angeles company. Alcorn also opposed because it is an elective program and there's no guarantee the people who need the training will actually get it. This item still passed, but council members Alcorn, Knox, Kubosh, and Peck all voted no. The big ticket item today was agenda item nine, the capital improvement plan budget. So I'll go over that next. Agenda item nine approved the fiscal year 2023 through 2027 
$10.3 billion capital improvement plan. After a few amendments proposed by council members, this was similar to the budget process, but did not take as long. Thank goodness. I don't have too much interaction with CIP stuff. Here's what the support material says. The CIP supports improved delivery of services and an improved quality of living with an emphasis on drainage, transportation infrastructure, mobility, quality of life, affordable housing, and public safety. The plan emphasizes the replacement and rehab of existing facilities and the selective addition and expansion of facilities. So it seems like it is a budget within the citywide budget that specifically deals with infrastructure. Here are Councilmember Peck's proposed amendments in District A. 6.02 approved sending $1.7 million from a citywide drainage fund to a repaving project on Tanner Road in District A. 6.03 would have created a task force to study how to fairly distribute storm funding across the city. It's kind of a hot ticket item right now. Peck withdrew this amendment because the city is already working on a new storm funding master plan. 6.04 would have required excess uncommitted money in the ending fund balance to be spent on Spring Meadows flood mitigation in District A, but Peck withdrew it because the administration didn't support it. She tried a similar measure in the budget process and also failed with that. Councilmember Alcorn complained that the city has been over-programming the CIP, meaning they've added more projects to the plan than can possibly be funded, which misleads the public and, quote, is a practice that should cease, end quote. Councilmember Gallegos from District I had a few proposed amendments. 14.01 would have funded an East End quiet zone targeting railroads specifically, but Gallegos withdrew it because the mayor promised to, quote, look into it. We have heard that before, and we'll hear it again in this very meeting. 1402 approved interagency cooperation on evaluating mobility improvement on Broadway Street, specifically the intersection at Broadway and the Gulf Freeway. Councilmembers Gallegos and Robinson both complained that this intersection is infamous for causing accidents and just being an eyesore. As this is a study with no financial implications, it was supported by the administration. Councilmember Thomas from District F proposed four amendments to advance Catalina Square, Ashford Park, and Briar Meadow from deferred to funded. That's language taken from Thomas's Twitter recap. This means that these projects would move along in the CIP pipeline, which I know is confusing jargon, and I'm sorry about that. Thomas withdrew them because the city is updating plans according to the NOAA Atlas 14 data, which I will explain. Atlas 14 is the official peer-reviewed record of precipitation frequency estimates for the United States, and it's produced by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, a.k.a. the NOAA. These precipitation frequency estimates are used for infrastructure design and regulations, etc., so it does make sense to wait while new plans are being made to take them into account. After the vote, council members Alcorn and Robinson advocated for more city spending on sidewalk infrastructure, which they did last year as well. Alcorn said the $3 million the city allocated for sidewalk projects is inadequate. Councilmember Peck advocated for even distribution of flood mitigation funding across the districts, which is kind of a funny thing for her to advocate for because in the budget process, she was definitely advocating for an excess of money to be sent to flood mitigation in District A. Maybe she thinks we have short memories. She criticized the city for not taking advantage of lucrative partnerships with the county, saying it is often the city bureaucracy holding up otherwise funded and ready-to-go projects. Councilmember Pollard agreed with Peck and said the county and TERS get things done quicker. He's been very critical lately about the speed at which the city gets things done. 
Finally, here are some of the Councilmember pop-offs. Councilmember Alcorn recently hosted a permitting panel and said, quote, anyone out there with permitting questions, please send them my way, end quote. I suggest we keep an eye on the push for an expedited permitting process, a practice that is ripe for corruption and is classist, as it will exclude people who cannot afford to pay extra money. Councilmember Peck is forming a task force to address homeless animals in District A and asked interested people who engage with rescuing and adoption and fostering to reach out to her. Councilmember Pollard plugged Liberty Fest on Saturday, July 3rd from 1 to 9 p.m. at Sharptown Mall, hosted by the Southwest Management District. Fireworks at 9 p.m. Councilmember Evan Shabazz offered condolences to the family of Reverend Ronald Mouton, who was killed in a road rage incident on Friday. Councilmember Knox celebrated the 4th of July by gifting fellow council members with pocket versions of the Declaration of Independence and the US Constitution. He said some people are selective about what they use from both, so a review would be a good idea. Councilmember Robinson advocated for a move towards zero waste while talking about the TCEQ public hearing last night on a landfill in District A. Councilmember Thomas mentioned the public safety town hall she hosted last week, which I attended as well, and I'll hopefully have notes for you soon. She addressed water main breaks in District F and said, public works is on it. Please be patient. Councilmember Martin added that water main breaks are a product of drought, so it will unfortunately probably get worse before it gets better. He closed the meeting by plugging Freedom Over Texas one more time. And that was the meeting. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. If you would like to financially support this project, the Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes, and we really appreciate it. You can find resources for this episode, including where to watch city council meetings and how to find your city council member in the show notes. This week's episode has music from Joe Wozniak. It was recorded and produced by Connor Clifton. And that's it for this week. I'm Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening. 